All right, welcome back to another episode of Bomb Breakdown. It is October 25th, 2020. Um, and while the Twins aren't in the playoffs anymore, um, we've had our time to mourn and feel bad for ourselves, but now it's kind of trying to um, hop on the hype train of the, the World Series and what's going on right now. Yeah, it's been a really good World Series so far right now. It's even at two games apiece between the Tampa Bay Rays, Los Angeles Dodgers. And last night's game was one of the greatest baseball games I've ever witnessed. It was just back and forth, teams scoring all the time, and then a blown last play to, led to a walk-off for the Rays to even the series. Yeah, um, that was a uh, – man, what a – just what a moment. Um so there was most of the game was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then um, in the bottom of the ninth inning, um, with a 6-7 Dodger lead, Dave Roberts puts in Kenley Jansen, who has blown four saves, who had blown four saves um, since 2015 or 2017 in the World Series, might I add, which is not very good. Um and Robert still has his faith in him. And this is a very questionable decision, of course. Anyways, um, we, there's two outs. Um, runners on first and second, still 7-6. And the, um, the Rays use utility man Brett Phillips, who was traded from the Royals earlier that season. Um, hadn't hit over 200 all season. Um, kind of a nobody. But, I mean, I, I think I've heard, I've, I've heard of him definitely just from playing the Royals so much. Um, anyways, um, so Phillips, um, gets up there with a one and two count. I'd say the strike two call was like really questionable. I don't know if you would remember that it was definitely outside, but anyways, he's in a one, two count and Jansen throws, uh, gives him one to hit and he just kind of dumps it over shorts over second base and into right field. Then Chris Taylor center fielder for the Dodgers bobbles it. He, he just kind of, um, just, you know, just misplayed it. Um, which, uh, Kiermaier was scoring anyways to tie the game, but then Arozarena tried to score, and so they throw it in, and Arozarena trips. He just completely falls down. He gets sniped on the way to home plate, and he's about to turn around and go back to third and probably be in a pickle. And the cutoff home throw from um, cutoff throw home from Max Muncy to Will Smith gets away from Will Smith, and Canley Jansen isn't backing up the throw, which might not have made a difference. We're not sure, um, but anyways. Will Smith didn't play um, play the ball correctly, and Arozarena turns back around, dives into home, and the Rays win it eight to seven. And then um, Brett Phillips immediately just goes out and runs from his teammates out in left field, and then they they pile up, kind of, or not pile up, but they just have that big um, jumping up and down huddle. It was just such a hype moment. It was that was one of the you're gonna see that on a lot of highlight reels for real for many years. Yeah, that's probably the greatest moment in race franchise history. But there was a lot that went wrong that play for the Dodgers that could have been done better. Um, and all throughout the game, teams made lots of mistakes. There was a Kent Herback play, which most Twins fans will probably know what I mean by that. Um, in the World Series, Kent, Kent Herback on a throw to first base pulled Ron Gant's foot off the bag. Well, Ron Gant's momentum took him off the bag. He kept the glove on. And in the game today, Max Muncy tried to pop up slide in a second or yesterday. Uh, Max Muncy tried to pop up slide in the second base, and Willie Adamez was falling over because he got knocked over by Muncy, kept his glove on him, and pulled him down with him. 
to get the out and he was still called out. Yeah, definitely. It was um, just, if you think about, um, also, if you think about the timing of what happened, um, if say the, the walk-off happens, I mean, obviously it wouldn't be a walk-off, but say that play happens in the second or third inning, right? And then the Rays have the lead. Then the, the, the Rays shut down the Dodgers top nine and they win the game. Nobody's talking about Chris Taylor, Will Smith, Kenley Jansen. I mean, of course, it would be a different pitcher and all. I know that. But because um, they're not putting their closer in in the third inning. But um, uh, Julio Urias, um, there it is. Uh, nobody's talking about Urias, um, uh, Taylor, or uh, Will Smith, you know? They're talking about that, like, ninth inning, oh, man, we almost did it. You know, nobody's going to be blaming these guys. The reason everybody's getting on them is because it was in the ninth inning. Um, and now, Malcolm, you were bringing up a good point before we started recording about how um, Chris Taylor could have played the ball better as well. Yeah, I mean, there with the speedy runner like Kevin Kiermaier on second base and a single in the outfield, unless it's a rocket right at a guy, you're very rarely going to have a play at home in the major leagues. That's just how it works. And he came up trying to throw home to be a hero, which is a common mistake in baseball. Guys want to make the hero play. They want to be the one that wins it for their team. And if he would have made gotten him out, it would have been great. But he w- didn't really have much of a chance. And when he missed it, it allowed the run to, the winning run to score. So, And instead of being the hero, he ended up being the GOAT and losing it for his team. Yeah, and you want to know what I'm kind of wondering as well is if, you know, his body wasn't, it was kind of hard for his body to be positioned in a certain way um, because of just like, I don't know, the angle of the hit and the angle of which of where his body was. But what if he was um, coming up trying to make like a crow hop throw into third to try to get a Rosarena going to third? You know, maybe he was trying to get Kiermaier at home to, to be the hero, but you never know. Maybe he was trying, maybe he really thought he could get a Rosarena at third and he knew he couldn't get Kiermaier at home because first to third on a single like that is kind of common. With, with the speed of a Rosarena as well. Um, so I guess we never know what was going through the head of Chris Taylor. Um, but I'd say for the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to give it to him and say that he was throwing to third, try, that he was going to throw to third trying to get a Rosarena. But I still think in that case, you want to be the safest you can possibly be. Make sure a Rosarena doesn't score. There's two outs. Um, and I think it was there. I think Austin Meadows was on deck or some, some something like that. Anyways, um, with a Rosarena on third base um, and, uh, and uh, of course, Brett Phillips on first, it's a tie game. You've got good hitters in the Dodgers. I almost give the advantage to the Dodgers in extra innings. They've got such a good bullpen. The Rays do too, but um, the Dodgers' bullpen has been so good this, this postseason. So I think if Chris Taylor, like you said, just um, – you know, plays that on a hop and um, throws it in the second, makes sure Rosarena doesn't score and they get out of the inning, you know, then it could be, a, we could be sitting here talking about a, a totally different story. Yeah. And um, the Dodgers could easily be up three, one, this series right now, but that's enough talk about the world series for now. We'll get back to the twins. Um, when we talk to you next week, we'll have a world series champion and we'll talk a little bit about that. And then we'll start getting into the real off season when the twins start signing people. But, before that, we're going to talk a little bit about some news we've heard about Twins potential free agents, guys they might want to sign. And the main story there is that Nelson, there's a story that came out a few days ago that Nelson Cruz is looking for a two-year deal this offseason, which as a player is going to be 41 and 42 over the next two seasons. That's going to be – someone's going to offer it to him as a really good hitter 
But the question is, are the Twins willing to go that far? And is that a deal you'd want them to make, Max? Um, yeah, I think it's whatever Cruz wants, give it to him. If he wants a two-year deal, we're going to have to give it to him. Um, if he wants a two-year deal but is fine with a one-year deal, then we're going to think a little bit more about it, you know? Uh, Cruz has been in so well with this team. He's like a father to Miguel Sano. They've talked about it. They're such good friends. It's so good to see. Um, Cruz has led this team the past two years. He's been the best DH in the MLB the past two years. And I think something underrated that hasn't been talked about much is how the DH is going to be only American League next year. And that helps the twin situation because now Nelson Cruz, only, there's only going to be – that cuts down the amount of teams that can pick up Nelson Cruz before the Twins to half. It cuts it down to 15 teams, most of whom already either have like a solid DH. Like Jorge Soler, you really think that the Royals are going to like try to pick up Nelson Cruz? No. The, the White Sox and Kyrgyzstan struggled last year, but I don't think they're going to go out and get a guy like Nelson Cruz after they had such a big offseason last year. You know, there are a lot of these teams – who I don't think in the American League will, and that cuts it down to just um, a handful of teams, maybe like five, ten teams that could get Nelson Cruz. And I think Nelson Cruz wants to stay on the Twins. I think we should keep him on the Twins. We should do everything we can to keep him on the Twins. I think, um, while it's kind of bold, I think what we could end up doing is maybe a two-year, 25 maybe $30 million contract. And I think that would keep him satisfied that keep him on the team for two years, even if he struggles. Think of that captain role he's going to play. Even if he struggles and has to be on the bench for like a little bit of time as, as his age starts to show, think of how he's going to be mentoring this young team. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's – I would be down for that deal. Um, I think that with the cutting it down just the American League, that is a big point. That's a good point, Max. Um it cuts it down to really only a few teams because there's lots of teams that if you don't plan to compete like for a championship the next two years, you're not signing a 41 year old DH only. Like that's not something you're going to do unless you think you've got a legitimate chance to like win the world series over the next two years, which narrows down to about five or six teams anyways. Plus you've got the Yankees who have Giancarlo Stanton, who's pretty much just a DH at this point, And they've got lots of other guys who are not great defensively that can really hit. And the Astros who have Jordan Alvarez coming back next year was one of the best hitters in baseball in his rookie year and is a DH only. So that's two other contending teams. Leaves it down to pretty much like the Twins, the White Sox, and then like maybe a couple other teams could be in it if they're trying to make a jump. But it's very few teams would actually be in the market for Nelson Cruz, which helps the Twins' chance of signing him. Of course, one of the teams I said that would be interested in signing him potentially was the White Sox. And that's something we cannot have happen with a team we're going to be competing. We, the worst case scenario in my mind is Nelson Cruz going to the White Sox because we know he can hit and we don't want to see him playing against us 19 times next yeah, year. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I think we are obviously going to do everything in our power to keep Nelson Cruz. Um, but we've seen this team make some, some weird decisions over the offseason. Um, it is really interesting to see. I'm of course we're both so interested to see what, what the twins can do this offseason hopefully we have we're, we're going to need a big offseason if we're, if we're going to want to compete with with these big name teams like the Yankees the Dodgers um uh so anyways I think it's it's such a difficult like thing to thing to judge too because you see Nelson Cruz um before he t- signed with the twins in 
2018, he was an all-star, granted. Had a great season. He batted 256 with 37 homers, 133 hits. You know, he's just – he had uh, – he had um, let's see, he had 97 RBIs, right? Now, the next year with the Twins, 2019, his first year with the Twins, he plays in 24 less games, right? But he hits 41 homers, hits 311 with a 1031 1.031 OPS. That's up three that's up 250 points from the previous year. A 168 OPS plus. For for a 38-year-old DH, how I don't get this. He's just a guy who just doesn't age. Um and he got ninth in the MVP. He was a silver slugger, of course. 2020 this year, he's I am there's no way he's not going to be in the MVP conversation, top 10, maybe even top five in the MVP conversation. He might even get some, he, he'll probably get some MVP votes. Um, he'll be a silver slugger, no doubt. Who else is going to be a silver slugger? Um, he had, I wouldn't call it a down year, too. He had hit 303, was top five in home runs or top 10 um, in the league. Uh, just he didn't age. The thing is, while his magic is going to work for this long, who's to say it won't die down? Um, he's got playoff experience, which is so big. We, like He's like the perfect player for the Twins. But at some point, he can't just play until he's 80. He's going to get old. He's obviously old right now, but he's going to keep getting older. It's not like he's just going to stop growing and getting older. He's he's at some point going to tamper away. And it just depends. Do Are we really thinking that a 42, 43-year-old is going to win a batting title or, or not a batting title, a silver slugger at DH, you know, what are we really betting on with a guy like Nelson Cruz? Yeah. And it has been impressive. Nelson Cruz has kept doing it for way long. People expect him to, I mean, like he, his career could have been easily over five or 10 years ago and he just has kept playing and gotten better every year. And it's got, he's got some magic, but you're right that it can't last forever. He does do a lot of stuff that allows him to keep playing when most people don't. He's really healthy. He eats healthy. He naps a lot. He just takes great care of his body, keeps himself in playing shape. But even the people who do the best for their bodies can't do it forever. And who knows how long it's going to last with Nelson Cruz. Um, I like to think that he can do it for another couple of years, even if not at this level, at a level not as far below this as some people might think. But it's also possible that the collapse comes really quick. We've seen him, especially down the stretch over the last couple of years, struggle with injuries as the year went on having knee problems, wrist problems. Um, and that's just the kind of thing that's going to keep getting worse and worse as he gets older. He had to miss some time down the stretch this year. But another underrated aspect of Nelson Cruz is his playoff experience and playoff clutch. Um, everyone's talking about Randy Rosarina this year, who's having one of the great postseasons of all time, if not the best. I mean, he's doing incredible. But one of the names keeps I keep seeing is they talk about the most home runs in single playoffs. And Nelson Cruz, before Randy Rosarina broke the record this year, had the record for most home runs a single postseason. And that was back in 2010 with the yeah. Rangers. So, like, he was doing it ages ago, but he's still doing it now. In the uh, wild card series this year, he had our only two RBIs on just really great hits. He To hit the ball of power, he did it when no one else was hitting against good pitching. And we know he can do it when the pressure's on. He's yeah. done it before. Again, um, just going to be really interesting to see what we do with the guy like Nelson Cruz. I think we're going to move on to another segment where we talk about some awards for Twins players. Um, Nelson Cruz, a uh, guy who we were obviously just talking about since so a great segue into this next session, was named Man of the Year by his peers. This isn't for just the Minnesota Twins. This is for the MLB. 
the MLB Players Association named Cruz as the 2020 Marvin Miller Man of the Year recipient. Um, it's the most respected player based on his leadership on the field and in the community. He helped a lot in his hometown. Um, uh, he helped a lot um, around here in the U.S. He's helped, um, of, of course, you've seen like Miguel Sano, how he's improved so much because of like a guy like Nelson Cruz. Just his leadership has been so fun to see. Um, the Minnesota Twins have had two other recipients, uh, Tory Hunter in 2007 and Paul Molitor in 1998. So congratulations to Nelson Cruz. Yeah, um, he's just a really, really great guy. Um, and we've just seen it. Everyone's giving him awards. He won the Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award from ESPN. I mean, people just – he's such a great guy, and that's another reason you want to keep him around because he's just a nice person, respectful, cares about other people, wants to help them be the best they can be, wants to be the best he can be. All around an awesome guy, and it's great to see that other players respect that too. Um, other uh, awards news, the Gold Glove nominations were announced a few days ago. They have three potential nominees, and then the, the winner is announced – in a week or so, and the Twins had two nominees. One of them, unsurprising to anyone who follows Twins at all, is Byron Buxton was nominated for a gold glove. He's obviously one of the best defenders in the game. Crazy fast, tracks down everything in the outfield. When he can stay on the field, he's unstoppable out there. One of the best in the business. Won the platinum glove a couple years ago, which goes the best overall defender in all of baseball, any position, either league, and he won that. So, just that one's not a surprise. And then the other twin who was nominated was Kent Maeda, was nominated for the Gold Glove for Pitcher, which Maeda is a great defender. He's made some incredible plays this year. But I think that he was the second-best defensive pitcher on the team behind Jose Brios, who made so many great plays this year. But both of them were lockdown defenders as well as being great pitchers. Yeah, Malcolm, definitely. I think Byron Buxton, um, a very obvious choice for the Twins. He is... Uh, facing up against Loriano and Robert. Loriano just has a really good arm. Robert is a good fielder, granted, but I think Buxton makes so many plays standing up that many others would make diving. Uh, Kenta Maeda, like you said, kind of surprised with this. He made this really nice play in uh, early September with that glove flip. Um, can't remember who it was against, but it was a kind of like a backhand shovel flip with his glove over to first base. But um, he'll be facing against, faced against... Griffith, Griffin Canning and Zach Plesak of the Angels and Indians. Um, but again, I think Maida definitely has a chance at this, and so does um, Buxton. And they're both realistic chances, might I add. Yeah, and um, with having Brios, who we think is a candidate, and Maida on the same team, that's super valuable to a team to have that. And I'm sure it's a great example for the other pitchers to see those guys and the way they feel off the mound. They're both some of the top pitchers in the league, and they also field their positions incredibly well, and that's a great role model to set. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think if a, if the Twins had definitely an off season, um, not as good as we would have hoped, but if we can take something like this out of it and say, hey, Kenta Maeda and Jose Brios really know how to field, um, um, sorry, that's definitely just that's such a good um, thing to have going into next season. 
Yeah, and while we say it was a disappointing season, I think that's mainly just the postseason part. I think the regular season, going into the year, I project us at 36 wins. We won 36 games this year. It wasn't necessarily in the fashion we expected it to be in. We didn't make it look as nice as I thought it would, but we ended up where we expected to be going into the year. You were ha- we were a little higher on the Twins, but you were only like 40, so we were right around where in the range we thought the Twins would end up in. It was just the playoff struggles overshadowed that a little bit, and it doesn't it didn't look as clean as we thought it would be. Um, so I think um, before we get out of here, we're gonna start we're gonna do a little bit of trivia to end this. I think this is a, something we're gonna try to make a more common segment as we get into the off season. Something we can do different sort of Twins trivia. This time we're just going to do a little bit about this twin season, some of the players, some things that happened. Um, I'm just going to quiz Max, and you can play along at home if you want to try to guess the answers. We'll give you a tiny bit of time. Say what you think. All right, so first trivia question, Max. You ready? Uh, ready as I'll ever be, yeah. All right, so the first question is, do you know which twin played in the most games this year? Um, uh... Okay, let's see. Uh, a lot of guys. We've got. It wouldn't be Bucks or Rosario. It might be. If I were to guess, is it Marwin Gonzalez? No, Marwin played in fifty-three games. 50. The leader played in fifty-seven. It was, it was actually Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario. Another team of games played. Man. Jorge Polanco was second at fifty-five. Man. Um, All right. Cruz also had fifty-three, as did Miguel Sano. Um, the next trivia question. This one's not one you expect. Um. Do you know which letter was the most common to start first names of players who played for the Twins in 2020? Oh. So the first letter of their first name, which was the most common of 2020 which Twins? Which was the most common? There were two tied. If you get either one of them, I'll give you credit for it. Two tied? Uh... <laughs> um... This is definitely... This is definitely tough. Um, is M one of them? M is indeed one of them. Let's go. There's six people last name with the first name starting with letter M. Yeah. Um, the other one tied with it is J with six. Oh, I, as well. I, and yeah. then there are five T's. Okay. Okay. Because I was thinking like at first I was thinking T because like Trevor May, Trevor or Taylor Rogers, you know. But then like Jorge Alcala, Jose Barrios, that makes sense. You know, there are a lot a lot of other yeah. guys. Um. But, yeah, I was thinking Max Kepler and Marlon Gonzalez were the first two that came to mind there. Yeah. And Miguel Sano. Um, with, with T's, they definitely rule the bullpen. Four of our relievers start with T. Tyler Clifford, yeah. Not as many position players. Yeah. Uh, the next one is basically the same question, but for last names. You know, with, with the most common there was to start last names of Minnesota Twins players. Oof, man. 2020. Uh. Is it? There's this is a this is a tough one, man. Um, it's kind of tough to incorporate like a bullpen, and are, are there any tied? Nope. There's one correct answer, and there's two tied for second. I think one tied for second, or maybe this one's first. Would be M as well, but I'm gonna go with, um, what else would there be? Uh, I'll go with M and see where that takes me. 
Um, I do not have M on the board here. But I can check real quick to see, but it's not listed as one of my. All right. Yeah, there's only two M's for the Twins this year. Yeah. Maeda and May were the only two. Man. Okay. Who is number one then? Um, the most common letter to start Twins players' last names was C. There were five C's. That was after losing a couple C's this offseason, and C.J. Crone and Jason Castro. We still were led by the C's. Huh. Um, tied for second was R and A. Huh. I, I wouldn't. I would guess C. All right. We're going to get to a little bit more baseball-centric ones now. Do you know what the most runs the Twins scored in a single game was? In a single game? 14. That is correct. That was well done. Second game of the season against the White Sox, I think. Nope, third, third game. game. Of the season. That's right. Yeah, I knew that. And then you know what the most runs they allowed in a game this season was? Mm. We allowed our. There are some games, man. I'm gonna say, eleven. Close. It was actually ten, and it was in the second game of the season, the game before ah, our most runs scored. It was ten to five. That All right. That first series against the White Sox was just madness, yeah. crazy high scoring. Yeah. No. And after that, we were much more pitching dominated team from there on out. Yeah. Sure. Um. Next question. Um. Do you know what the Twins' longest win streak of twenty twenty was? Oh boy. Um. Let's see. We had. so tough to say i have seven it was actually six God, i was close why though. am i getting so close um the and then the next question is longest losing streak do you know that one that one i think you'd be more likely to remember oh boy this one's tough six is that no that one's not six um that one is we lost two three is it five it was actually six. Oh man it was um, against the Royals there, we lost three, and then we lost a couple others around that. That was a rough stretch for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, two more questions. Well, one of them is a two-part question. Can you name – there were two Twins players who had triples this year. One had two and one had one. Can you name the two players? All right, Eldemario Vargas was one. Yep. And did he have one? What? He had, he had, he had one. one. And someone else Somebody had two. Else had two. Uh Is it a guy I would expect? Um, it wouldn't be the first person you think of. It wouldn't be the last person you think of either. Okay. I'm gonna say Luis Arias. Nope, it was Jake King had two triples. Oh, okay. Yeah. Led the team in triples. Byron Buxton shockingly had no triples. Because yeah. he was either hitting home runs or. Yeah. Just singles, like. He didn't hit many to the gaps. Yeah. And then, final question. Do you know which re- Twins reliever had the most strikeouts? Which Twins reliever had the most strikeouts? Trevor May? Let's Correct. go. Well done. He had an underrated season, man. He was really... Like, he his ERA, he let up a lot of hits, kind of like Taylor Rogers, But, man, he, like, hit 100 on his fastball, and he was just pumping strikes at the end there. And he had some tough luck early on oh, the yeah. season where he just had a few bad outings and big scenarios and everyone was down on him. But he finished out the season really strong and ended up being one of our top relievers. 
So, yeah, that's all of our trivia for today. Um, we'll be back with more Twins news, trivia, and more next week. Um, thanks for listening to Bob and Breakdown. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram at Bomba underscore Breakdown. That's B-O-M-B-A underscore B-R-E-A-K-D-O-W-N. Thanks for listening to Bomba Breakdown.